Today's episode is sponsored by Cognition Builders. This company is something Liat is always posting in our Study Notes ABA group and Behavior Bitches podcast. They pay amazing and they're a super cool company. Liat, tell us about Cognition Builders. Okay, so Cognition Builders is a company that I'm actually really excited about because I think it's unique what they do. Um, They help you move through every stage of life, no matter where you stand. Um, This company, what they do is they have set curriculums to involve the entire family in the process. Their curriculum has over 2,000 programs broken up into all of life's categories. Cognitive, pragmatic, emotional, marital, social, and academic. Cognition Builders also helps their learners learn how to learn. This is great for families who are overwhelmed by daily responsibilities, in need of self-esteem building, learning how to meet academic, professional, or personal deadlines, applying for college. I mean, they really touch on different issues that families have. Um, this family, So either if you're interested in this for your family to get into contact with Alana, who I absolutely love. Alana is the founder of Cognition Builders. If you're interested in getting her in touch with her for your family personally or for job opportunities, they often have badass job opportunities that just going to be real here, pay really, really well. Um, so it's a cool way to use your um, knowledge on behavior in a different setting. So, Which I think is awesome because we always get pigeonholed into um, one type of field. And this is allowing you the opportunity to practice your behavior analytic skills elsewhere. So again, if you're looking either for your personal family that you need someone to come in, they actually have something called family architects. They go in, they look at the situation and they do a lot of cool different things um, with their approach. If you're looking for that, you could go to cognitionbuilders.com. Or if you're interested in potentially getting a job with this company, you can email Alana at alana at cognitionbuilders.com. Alana is I-L-A-N-A at cognitionbuilders.com. Check them out. It's behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We're back, baby. Episode 11. Casey, give it to him. We're in freaking heaven. Woo! Hell yeah. Episode 11. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that one. It was just like too easy. Did you? Shit. I yeah. thought I was like really creative on that one. No, no, no. Not that creative, but... Bummer. Well, what so, rhymes with 11, honestly? Nothing. Lucky number 11, the movie? No, no. No, not going there. Um, <laughs> Devin. If you have a friend named Devin. Okay, whatever. My first boyfriend's name was Devin. I should have called him out on this. He'll feel cool if you do that. I know. I'm sure he regrets that now. Anyway, so what have we been up to? I've been busy as hell. That's to put it lightly. I'm She's like, like the side hustle queen. I've never, I can't even talk to Leah on the phone without her coming up with a million more ideas of things that we can do. And then I actually start them. That's I know. the thing. No, she so, follows through. It's insane. I'm like, I, yes. She keeps me on my toes and I'm like, Woo, woo. Where am I? Where am I swerving to next? What are we doing next? Like and you were saying, set up the payment plans for study notes, ABA, realize that's not fair to expect people who are RBTs to have to pay all at one time if for something. So payment plans available. That's exciting. Casey, what have you been up to? Obviously, just floating in the water, running on the beach, smiling like your life is perfect. We get it. Exactly. Anything yeah, else? You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Anything um, yeah. else? I'm really trying to find that. Um, I went through a couple of really hard months of um, anxiety, which we're actually going to talk about today on the podcast. But I was almost finding myself debilitated from all the things that once brought me joy or found, um, you know, I found fun and relaxing and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I'm on a super strong self-care checklist for the rest of the summer and that includes, yes, running on the beach, floating in water, taking my paddleboard out, and taking not feeling of myself doing it. I haven't actually, yeah, actually did that a little bit, but one thing is not feeling guilty about doing it. That is my biggest thing is I feel guilty that I should be doing a million other things versus something that may bring me joy for an hour. So um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've just been checking back in with myself here. Guys, so if you want to check in with her and feel how much your life sucks just look (laughs) at Casey's Instagram follow her you can see I'm like why am I sitting in a corner office when she's on the beach just kidding I love her so I'm only too happy thanks Um, girl 
And it brings a better Casey for the podcast and the collective. So yeah, I can't show up for anyone else if I don't show up for myself, guys. Get it, girl. So today's guest, we have someone awesome. And in sorority world, we would call her my grand big, but the sorority world of ABA supervision. She, her name is Andrea Kotler. She's a badass BCBA who's been a BCBA for like literally ever. In this field, I think we could consider her a fossil. Hopefully that's not offensive. Um, actually, when I was speaking to her on the phone earlier today, I was like, what's your BCBA number? And she's like, is that weird? I don't know it. And I was like, yeah, I need to know. I need to know what number you are. Are you like number one, number two? <laughs> um, and I think, well, her middle Wait, does number. It go, does it go in ranking number of numbers of BCBAs out there? Yes. So the middle number is what year you got it. So like my middle number is 18. Oh, so you mean your first number? Because it goes 19. Mine goes 19 and then a long number. Yeah. Like mine's one one eight two nine one three five. So right. like I was the twenty nine thousand one thousand nine hundred ninety five. <laughs> the numbers are hard. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so that's cool. I this, didn't know that. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Sure. Now you know. Um. And so this being said, she has some experience, way more than you or I, Casey, who just come on here and shoot the shit. Um, she was Toby's supervisor, Toby, who we had on the shopping episode last week, that which makes her my grand big. Get I actually it? have a real grand big in sorority life, alpha yeah. fee for life, guys. Oh my god, Toby was an alpha fee. You guys totally should have done a handshake on the episode last night. Yeah. We should have sung our songs. I'm so pissed. Okay, well, she'll listen to this episode and I'm sure she'll give you a call and sing <laughs> up. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Behavior Bitches. We love all of you. And at this point, hopefully you've subscribed. But if you haven't, subscribe to our podcast. On Apple Podcasts, all you need to do is type in Behavior Bitches in the search bar, then click on Behavior Bitches, and click the subscribe button. It's that easy. Your subscriptions mean something to us, as well as your reviews. Leave us five-star reviews. We will love you forever. That is our and reinforcer. Ever. And ever and ever and ever. I have an I have a really good review for the day. Please tell us. All right. So I just love the title in general. It says, You are freaking amazing by Bella. Hi, Bella. We love you. Dear Leah and Casey, you guys are by far my most favorite podcast to listen to. I was in your study collective and tested in May of this year. You all helped me pass this freaking beast of a test in June. If it weren't for you, I would not be fulfilling my dream as becoming a clinical supervisor Woo! Woo! and helping support my clients on a whole different level. Keep being amazing as I know you both are and keep making a difference in other people's lives like you have done for me. Holy shit, Bella. We love you and that you were in our collective. And that you passed the damn test, girl. Go you. You're doing lots of good things. We love you. Thanks for reinforcing us. Now we reinforce you. Congrats. You're amazing. So, guys, please leave us a five-star review. And you can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast and Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast. We are no way professionals in ACT or CBT therapy. We're just two chicks who love to read, research, and find healthy ways to help deal with anxiety because that shit sucks. Um, Andrea, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? And hi, by the way. Thanks for coming. Hi. I asked her to come last minute, and she's here, and this chick showed up. So we are going to be talking about anxiety, so I'm going to make sure to bring that in, how you know, doing this and all of the coping mechanisms I used in order to uh, make sure that I don't have tons of anxiety for this um, podcast. But yes. I basically got my BCBA in January 2013, but I have been in the field of ABA since 03. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, one, because I love hearing myself speak, just like you guys. Yay. Yay. And Another one of us. <laughs> I love that. And two, I like telling people what to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so do we. I think you have to be a, a prerequisite to being a BCBA is wanting to tell people what the f- to do. <laughs> exactly. Is so, that your F bomb? No, I'm going to swear a little bit more this today, I feel. Oh, so. excellent. So, <laughs> I'm reinforcing you now. No. Great. Um, so, uh, I loved science and I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And when I went for my grad uh, to grad school at Queens College, um, they actually, our first course was like special ed 101 and like ABA 101. And I'm like, oh my God, 
I found my true calling, science and education. And I literally have not looked back since. I've worked in public school and I've worked um, in private schools. I actually helped start a private ABA school. Um, I helped start a clinic for an agency. Um, and now I am director of training and development at Proud Moments ABA. Um, and I'm also working together with parents. And that's how I kind of got into ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, which we're actually going to talk about shortly. Um, how to help parents with typical developing kids. There's not a lot of support out there and how to kind of help them um, really deal with everyday behavior problems that kids have. I think Amazing. that's really important for you to talk about that. Um, the, you know, the typically developing kids that don't get, you know, 40 hours a week of ABA, right. um, but how much, like how much it could benefit some of the techniques and stuff that we do for the typically develop developing population. And since I, along I've been, with ourselves, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Since I've been, um, you know, my program director of my master's program, she came in, um, she's amazing. And one of her big thing was. ACT therapy, ACT, acceptance, commitment therapy. And she did a few workshops on it. And that's what got me hooked. Cause there was a, oh my gosh, like not only is like our science in the um, ABA world, like we know that that shit works, but to open up to those, um, those kind of private events that Skinner does recognize and be able to look at it more of that holistic approach. I needed that to make myself feel like, all right, we can do this with everyone. Yeah, it makes it very real. It just makes mm -hmm. it brings it down to earth because the truth is, um, is that people are complicated. People are not simple. And it's uh, sometimes things are not as clear as we would love for our data. Mm -hmm. And understanding human complexity and that humans are complicated really help people get along better. Providers help um, who, you know, the services who they're providing for um, in businesses really everywhere could be applied everywhere. Human complexity affects uh, all of us in our everyday lives. So today we're going to be talking about anxiety, which I know, Casey, a lot of our followers have been like, talk about anxiety, talk about anxiety, talk about anxiety. And anxiety is real shit, okay? Whether you have social anxiety or um, situational anxiety, what other anxieties? My brain is just... I was just, just going to say that, situational. I mean, there's agoraphobia. Gen if you're a public place. Anxiety is. disorder. Yeah, everything. So I just, I was looking on BuzzFeed earlier just because I find them highly relatable and duh, we're relatable. And there was this cute thing written and I'm sure someone listening to this is going to be like, I totally resonate with this. So it said, Social anxiety will make you do weird things, such as holding onto an apple core for 45 minutes during a meeting because you're too anxious to go to the trash can that's 10 feet away, or waiting for someone else to throw out their apple core so you know it's okay, but waiting a few minutes after they do so so you don't look like you were waiting for them, and then trying not to stumble because you know everyone is watching you walk, and feeling really proud and relieved when you arrive back at your seat after having successfully thrown away the apple core, like it's a difficult task. I feel this too much. And I like, I thought it was kind of funny, but it's so true. When you're anxious, you're literally thinking through every single part of everything. So talking about anxiety, let's, because we are behavior analysts here, let's get operational up in here. Hashtag technological. What is anxiety? Anxiety. Well, I'll tell you about mine. Um, my anxiety, it is I think a history, right? Learned behavior for me of years in my childhood of being anxious and worried. I am a worry wart. And my favorite quote is worrying is like a rocking chair. Um, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And I always tell myself that um, I worry about things that have not even ever happened in my history of life. I worry about things that have happened. I worry about my, I have, you know, being perfect, my credit score, my finances, um, you know, am I saving for when I'm 70? I worry about things and I worry about those big things every single day of my life that sometimes it's so crippling where I have these actually observable behaviors where my heart rate, my, um, my blood pressure is high. My heart rate is high. Um, I'm heavy breathing. I have, um, you know, I get actually sick where I vomit. Um, these things are so real and 
those would be considered some of the overt behaviors. No, covert, overt. What is no, it? Overt. 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 Over observable, right? These are things right. you get red in the face, your speed of talking, my my hands may be shaking, I'm heavy breathing, I can't sit still, um, I'm getting shit done, nothing, because there's a million things to do and I'm doing nothing that I need to be doing because I cannot focus. Um, and there's a lot of private events too that come along with anxiety. Um, Guys, think Skinner, radical mm-hmm. behaviorism. He acknowledges private events, right? And I would say with anxiety, a huge part of it is private events. Like you're dealing with this insanity in your head all the time, talking to yourself about these different things. So um, Andrea, what private events would you say are associated with? So um, yeah, anxiety. So with anxiety, you're basically stuck in the future where you're constantly thinking all the problems that could happen based on your behavior. For example, uh, you're going on a date and you are wearing an outfit and you're having a lot of anxiety and it's just like, is he going to think, do I look fat in this outfit? Is he going to think my makeup's good? Is my hair done well? All these different thoughts that are going on in our head and that makes, those are covert behaviors, but then our overt behaviors are, our heart starts beating really, really fast. We start um, breathing, hyperventilating. Some people do hyperventilate a lot. Um, And then what happens is, is that we're so focused on all the things that could go wrong, that we're not here enjoying the things that are going right, or we're not being present. So you're worried so much that he's going to think you don't look good, or he's going to think you look fat, or you're um, pants are wrinkled or your hair's messed up that you're not enjoying that other person's company in the here and now. And I would say it's, I think it's also not only future. I also think that a lot of people have anxiety. I would say like the, what I deal with is like typically more futuristic, but I think some people also like ruminate on things from the past. Like, or I, like know- the, I mean, I also ruminate on things from the present. Like right now, I'll tell you this very, And I'm battling with this again. This is going to be interesting uh, how much I share in this episode. (laughs) But um, one of my behaviors that I know and Matt knows, and he's always like, stop, is I will wake up at two in the morning and I will be like, my sunroof's open. And we park kind of like up uh, six flights of stairs and across in a parking lot. And I always know I shut it, right? Always. But I will wake up at two in the morning and I will stress out so much thinking my sunroof is open that I will actually go up in the middle of the night. And I've done this so many times and Mac gets so mad at me because every time it's closed, but it's that almost that compulsion. I have to go check. I don't know if I did it. And it, it creates, I cannot sleep. And it's so stupid, right? Shutting a sunroof. That should, that sounds to me when I say it right now, so crazy, but But in the middle of the night, it's not crazy to me. (laughs) Right. But you're saying that you're worried about it now but you're, you're not worried that your sunroof, it, sunroof is open because it's open. You're worried about what's going to happen. Right. If it rains. So, yeah. And that's future. But what about past? Like there's some people I know who. So depression well, I don't has to do more with the past. People that worry about the past and are stuck in the past tend to have. Like I know people depression. who are like, like I worked with someone and she'd be like. Did I sound stupid when I said that to that parent? I don't know if I said like sounded stupid. Do you think they like t- thought I was stupid? Oh my god! And I was doodling on my data sheet during the session. Do you think they think I don't take this seriously? Blah, blah. Like I don't know if that would that be considered anxiety as well. I would say so. I would say so. It's based on what she did, but it's based on what people think and how they're going to interact with her in the future. That's true, Andrea. So nailed you're it. a smart lady. Now smart, smart lady. People um, think about our actions affect how other people think about us. So if we're going to do something and we're worried about something we did or said, that's affecting how people are going to view us now and in the future, our next interaction, right? ABC. When we have, when we're doing something, our behavior is going to cause the consequence of somebody thinking thoughts about us, either positive or negative thoughts. And then the next time around, that's going to affect our interactions. They're either going to be like, oh, she was doodling. She wasn't paying attention. She's the student that doesn't pay attention or I'm not going to give her a good grade. Right. So with what causes anxiety, I would say um, just looking at it behaviorally like we do with antecedents and consequences, 
uh, and I, I think of myself personally also, I think that there's two reasons. I think that it's either contingency shaped or because of a past learning history. So for me, um, last time I got, I got sick and which is something that happens a lot because like I have all these autoimmune conditions. I got sick. I ended up losing three fingertips as a result of like my hospital stay. So like I am constantly anxious about getting sick. Like I'm obsessive about the fact that like, oh my God, no, am I getting sick? Am I going to get sick? What's going to happen if I get sick? Is that going to happen? Am I going to lose more fingers? Is this going to happen? And I think that that's based on the consequences of my learning history. So I have like anxious thoughts about this. Whereas, so I would say that that's one thing that causes anxiety because of your previous contingencies that you've dealt with. So like if you've been homeless before, right, you're probably right here. If you know, we lived in Crossroads, um, which is a homeless shelter when I was in sixth grade. And we, you know, many, many, many times our electricity got shut off. We didn't have money to put, um, you know, oil in the tank. So we had no heat. We didn't have money for food. And so that for me has made money um, very, very valuable to me in my life. And in any time that I think I'm not going to, even though I have, you know, I have really good savings and all this stuff and I'm very, very good with money. My credit score is great. For some reason, that anxiety is so, so, so really strong um, because of those past, um, my learning history and what I like grew up with. And there's also a lot of anxiety based on rule-governed behavior. Rule-governed behavior is behavior that we, um, there's a rule. So we never even came into contact with the consequences. That means nothing ever happened to us. For example, when you just start driving, you know that if you speed, you're going to get a ticket. But if you've never gotten a ticket, the fact that you don't, you're not speeding is a rule-governed behavior because you never got a speeding ticket. So... A lot of anxiety um, is based on not doing things because you're nervous that something's going to happen because that uh, that's a rule that we wrote in our own heads. Sometimes we write rules in our own heads by the thoughts that we have. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go on this podcast and it's totally going to flop. Well, this is my first time on a podcast. So if I would be thinking those thoughts, then... Is that what you thought? Th- no. Because <laughs> she knows sure. how to do that shit. <laughs> I give workshops all the time and I'm really good at flopping gracefully. So <laughs> You're so calm and put together and last minute you didn't even care. Your mic wasn't working. You were yeah. so you're like, let me try one more thing. <laughs> like I would have been like, fuck, I'm, I'm screwed. They hate me. <laughs> so, you know, but that also comes from my own experiences of falling on my face a thousand times and being like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm still here. Desensitization to talk. I, you know, people are still laughing. People are still engaged and interested. Um, And that comes from my past experience of success. So if we don't put ourselves out there and come into contact with reinforcement and come into contact with the successes and we hold back based on our anxiety, then we're never going to be able to do the things that we really want to do. And that's kind of um, a lot of what ACT is about. And I, and I also think like one of the things they always say is, and you know, there's all these quotes and it's like, okay, shut up with the quotes, but they always say like the best things happen outside of your comfort zone. And I, right. I think it's totally true because if we allow these anxiety to dictate what we do, we wouldn't get involved in, you know, in, in some of the best things we like meeting people or, projects getting started or for example i have i mean if anyone meets me all my friends if anyone that knows me is listening um i'm probably the most outgoing person on the outside i you know never seem to have any issues in social situations i can talk to anyone i can relate to anyone but it takes so much actual effort out of me like i for sure have a form of social anxiety where I think about all these horrible things. Like they thought this about me. I didn't wear the right thing, blah, blah, blah. But for me, pushing myself out of the comfort zone was teaching for study notes, ABA and showing up twice a week for these people I've never met, putting myself out there as a teacher, um, supposed to be the expert knowing things and then admitting when you, maybe I don't know them and how we can learn it together. 
Um, I was so outside of my comfort zone. And after, what is it now? We finished 20 classes on Monday mm-hmm. and I'm Ooh. like, Woo! like wow. I feel like I feel on fire. I feel so much better about myself, my confidence, um, and you know, self-talk before it of you've got this, you're fine. Everyone, no one's judging you. You're in the same boat as everyone else. Um, you know, and then getting that reinforcement after the positive reinforcement from all the people in the collective saying, um, you're the best teacher. You were born for this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. Like, yeah. But facing that fear and really showing up for yourself and talking yourself through the anxiety is really important. hundred percent. So tell us, so act therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy is like the hot topic now in, I think it's, I mean, been around for a while in other fields like psychology and they're like, okay, what's the hype? But in ABA, people are starting to talk a lot about it. I see different CEUs offer, different workshops, whatever it is. What is so, ACT Therapy, Andrea? So um, Steve Hayes actually, with uh, he came up um, with, he did a lot of research on RFT, which is relational frame theory. And um, he came up with acceptance and commitment therapy out of that. He actually is, he considers himself a behavior analyst um, and he studied under a lot of behavior analysts. And this is actually very applicable to the field of behavior analysis, but because um, the research was not as robust in the beginning, um, the field of psychology really took a big hold um, of it, but it's now coming back because there is a lot of research um, that does show that it is effective. Um, so there are guys, we have to use effective treatments in ABA. Remember, we don't bullshit around. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, acceptance and commitment therapy has six processes that they use. Um, everybody calls it something a little bit differently, but those six processes actually, um, help us with psychological flexibility and psychological flexibility is what helps us get through life in a meaningful way. So, um, Andrea, the- before this class, when I, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, Leah was like, I don't know what the F psychological flexibility is. And I was trying to explain to her. So I'm glad that you're doing it right now. So thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. No. So, you know, psychological flexibility means that when we have a problem, We're not just like, oh, I have a problem. Let me just go into a hole and cry about it all day. Because in life, we have 100 problems every single day. And we need to kind of just move with it. Like my dad always used to say, you got to roll with the punches. Like when I was a teenager, you know, he's always like, can't cry every 10 seconds. Got to roll with the punches. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Exactly. my dad told me. And that's basically, you know, we all come into contact with things every day and we just got to go with it. And psychological flexibility is the tool that helps us actually do that. So the first thing I want to talk about is values. Values is, you know, everybody has different values and it's really like what you find valuable for you. So you might find um, social interaction valuable but you might have social anxiety. But if you don't find social interaction valuable and you don't want to and you don't find it enjoyable or you don't find any benefit from it, any reinforcement, then it might not be something that you want to do. And that's fine. Everybody has their own values. And values is really the goals that we want in life. So I want to make some people's goal in life is I want to make a million dollars. Some people's goal in life is I want to have a thousand followers on Instagram. Some people's goal in life is, Oh my God, I totally feel that, but it was (laughs) 10,000 and a million dollars and a million dollars. Keep going. Let's see if I have other things. You're just describing Leah right now. (laughs) So the goals are kind of like the values are kind of like your compass, right? What direction do I want to go in? And then there's something committed action, committed action. Can I just back up real quick about value? Sorry. Would that be like your morals too, or your ethics, or is it just your goals? Or does it all kind of play in together? Or is it It like MOs, what's valuable to you? Like, what's the value of it? Is that like that? Or like your values in terms of, like Casey said? It could also be your values in terms of morals and ethics. Because if you're saying, my value, I value ethics, and I want to be an ethical person, then you're not going to engage in actions that are going to make other people feel or you feel like you're not ethical person like you're not going to cheat on a test 
if you're like, I value truth and trust and justice, okay, you're good. not I like that. going to cheat on a test or lie to your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, I wouldn't, um, it's not a very uh, restrictive type of uh, definition to value. Okay. Um, and then there's committed action. Committed action are things that we do. And that's where like the whole behavioral piece kind of comes in. It's the, what we do to get to our values. So if my value is to make a million dollars, then I'm not going to go out partying with my friends Friday night and dancing and going clubbing. And I'm not going to go shopping with um, my girlfriends, uh, you know, Sunday morning, and I'm not going to do brunch. I am going to sit at home or sit at work and just grind away and really work on different ideas of how I'm going to make my million dollars. If my value is having a thousand followers on Instagram, I am going to do actions that get me those thousand followers. I'm going to post a lot. I'm going to research ideas on what people are interested in me posting. <laughs> I am going to um, go to like parties. To me. What? <laughs> I feel like you're like, because it's real life, you know? No, I know, but I, I feel like you're talking to me. Not everyone's going to be like, oh my God, this is like the most money hungry chick. It's not that. It's Let's talk I, about me. How would I want to help people? Right. <laughs> no, I also love people. help people. That's where it all started. I'm, fucking with you if you want to help people right then you're going to engage in action you're going to get your bcba you're going to research best practice you're going to go work for no money at a clinic because exactly. you want to help those kids right you listen i've been there i totally totally hear that you're going to you know do the over non though it's not paid right exactly you know it's it that's what it is it's but you feel good about it and you could you you're contacted with reinforcement because it aligns with your values you see how it all kind of connects so i think i have a crux in my values is that i want to make a million dollars but also work for a nonprofit. so so that's listen, like what do you hustle. mean you could do good for people and make money right oh that's no i know that i'm hustle. just saying like there's nothing exactly there's nothing against hustles. that no not at all i'm just saying for my own like um, I think what I, one of the things that gets my wheels spinning is, um, I want to do so many things and I know I need to focus more on, uh, one or two things to do them well. When I start doing like 15 is when I'm like, oh, Same. and for me, I hold this, like, I have to be perfect. I have to do everything to this level that, you know, is totally, no one put that on me, but myself. And I've had to realize that also. Um, but yeah, that's just my, my little side note. Right. Listen, also, there's something called scaling and you can, we could talk about that later. <laughs> I'm like, Andrea, can- we just brought you on here to really just help us. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be so scattered, but you know, you could learn to help other people help people and that gives you more free time. And that's what you're doing um, with your teaching and your supervision. So Absolutely. that's amazing. Then there's really diffusion, which I really want to talk about a little bit and how it relates to anxiety. This is in that book, The Happiness Trap. Yeah. Diffusing and defusing. Mm -hmm. So, so diffusion is really when you're stuck together with your thoughts and you, you and your thoughts are kind of like so stuck in a place like oh, I mean, I wrote something on the board and my handwriting's terrible and now everybody's going to think I have terrible handwriting. They're going to respect me as a teacher. I'm a person with terrible handwriting. Then you keep on thinking about it and thinking about it. My students are all laughing at me, you know, or I made a mistake during my presentation and now everybody thinks I'm a bad presenter. And now everybody doesn't, you know, that's what they're thinking as I'm presenting. So when we're fused with our thoughts, kind of think of like two things that are connected, like a puzzle piece or um, uh, I always think of when people weld, right? They fuse two pieces of metal together and it's kind of stuck and you can't get it unstuck. That's diffusion. And that really gets in the way um, when we talk about anxiety, that gets in the way of us actually being able to do it because if we're so busy thinking these thoughts and then we can actually do the actions towards our values. So what we need to do is get some separation. 
Um, and there's a lot of different techniques. I love um, these. I have to say one that I read. Yeah, let me hear. Okay, so I was reading The Happiness Trap, and I love this. So you have these thoughts that you're fusing with, right? Like they are stuck to you, and you're like, damn it. First of all, it's really important to, and this, by the way, I got this all from The Happiness Trap. Um, and one of them is, so let's say you're telling, you're saying, um, I'm such a loser, or right. I know I'm going to get sick, right? So first of all, one of the techniques is by um, say saying I'm I'm having the thought that I'm gonna get sick. So you're identifying it as being a thought. Like these are just words. They're essentially just words. You're not making it real for yourself. You're saying because a lot of these different programs are like, well, why don't you stop thinking of it and think of a pink elephant? The more someone tells you not to do something, and personally, especially me, I want to think of it more. So that was one thing is by putting, I'm having the thought that I'm going to fail this test. So put that ahead of it. The second one really technique that I really loved was, and I actually told my psychiatrist today, I was like, so what do you think about act therapy? Just wondering, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, enough about my anxiety issues. Let's talk about what you think about it. <laughs> um, and the, so the second technique is, they said, sing what you're saying to the tune of happy birthday. Did you, did you read that, Casey? No. Yeah, I, no. I've heard of that one. I like that. So it's like, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to. And oh, no, I can't sing that one. I, happy birthday. I'm like, I don't even know the tune right now. No, wait. Happy birthday. I'm gonna oh, yeah. Fail. I'm going to I'm fail the fail test. I'm going to fail the test. I'm going to fail the test. I'm going to fail the test. And then it just makes you laugh. Yeah, because then it's like, okay. Like, you're like, these words are just words being said. Like you're yes. not, so you're, I think that's, not real. Isn't that called defusing, like you're disconnecting the fusion. It's you're bringing distance, right? It's diffusing. You're diffusing. You're, you're fused with your thoughts and you want to defuse. You want to bring some distance. I love this. I need that thoughts. like crazy. I, Dude, you're the one you know, who told me to I get the book. The I don't understand. Also. You told me on the episode to get the book. So I've read it. Why do you not know these things? No offense. I mean, cause I, I told you today, I'm like, I have not finished reading it. I like skimmed it. Not, oh, I guess not a good student. What, what, no, part. one of the benefits of keeping Shabbat, it's like, what else do I have to do? Yes. Right? Yeah, well, guess what? I'm not exactly. Jewish, guys, and I have no days off ever. <laughs> <laughs> unplug. I'm going to just make when Sunday my, my unplug. No, I need you on Sundays because I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> um, another strategy could be um, that you call your brain a name like Pete. It's like, oh, thanks, Pete. Pete's like, uh, I'm going to fail the test, right? And it's like, oh, thanks, Pete. That's nice of you. You know, everybody thinks you're a moron. Thanks, Pete. Really? Uh, you, I used to do uh, that with um, Drop Dead Fred. Drop, what is that? You guys have never seen Drop Dead Fred. I hope someone yeah. out there on this episode has seen <laughs> Drop Dead Fred. If you have not, when you guys are done with this podcast, you better go watch Drop Dead it Fred. Down. It's in, it's this little girl's imaginary friend and he makes her do like a lot of like bad kind of crazy things, but he really does have her like, you know, well-being at heart. And when I was little, I used to always refer to, I, well, I don't think I was referring to my brain, but as to say like, oh, oh, thanks, you know, Fred, like, okay, yep, that's Fred talking, not Casey talking kind of thing. Um, but when you just said Pete, your brain, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So that kind of helps us get distance of. Um, between our thoughts and our brain. And that also feeds into self as context, which is another part. Um, and, you know, that's really just, it's, it's a little bit hard to explain. I'm not going to get into it, but it's saying like, you are not your job. You are you and you, you have a job. So I am not a behavior analyst. I am Andrea who happens to be in the field of behavior analysis, because when we identify as our job, as a spouse, I am a wife, I am a husband, I am a child, I am a sister, I am a friend, that helps us, that makes us a little stuck. And when then things 100%. happen, we can't be flexible about it and kind of get out of it. So um, that's kind of like, we tell uh, our students that too, Casey, all the time. We'll be like, listen, like this test you're taking to be a BCBA is a big deal, but like this test is not you. This test does not define 
who you are. Right. Like, I mean, the you are anxiety. still an amazing clinician, whether you pass this test or not. Like, right. do not let this test be your be all and end all. So, you know, and then when you, when you have that in your mind and you're sitting for the test, you, you the anxiety goes down. You don't have those thoughts or feelings of like, what if I fail? It's like, you're going to fail. Okay. I'm, you know, thanks brain. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail the test. Then there's acceptance and acceptance just means that um, bad shit happens to all of us. And sometimes we can't really do much about it. So you're having a crappy day. Uh, your boss just yelled at you because you filled something out wrong or you handed something in wrong or spent too much money on something. Um, you know, shit happens every single day to all of us. Sometimes we just need to be like, okay, that bad thing happened to me and now I'm going to move on. Um, because when we get stuck with our bad, with those bad thoughts and those bad things, it's like, oh my gosh, tomorrow will my boss yell at me? Will they not yell at me? It's like, okay, this happened. My boss yelled at me. I'm going to move on. I failed the test. You know what? I'm going to move on. I'm going to, we have then again, committed actions that we can do as to have not, as to not have those things happen again. Mm -hmm. If they're not pleasant, right? If they're punishing, if they're um, not reinforcing, then we don't want them to happen again. Um, so we could take different actions to do that. But sometimes we just need to accept, I'm sad today. I just feel sad and that's okay. Like we, you were saying you feel guilty. Sometimes we need to just think, I feel guilty and that's okay. And not perseverate on that guilt. Right. And Allow it to come into our mind, accept right. it. And then move take on. committed action to move on. Exactly. Right. right. And, and I think a huge thing also is, is this is going to be, this is not going to sound behavioral or <laughs> like, uh, we're allowed to it? go off the Professional track. Professional and all. But, but what I want to tell you is the importance of just giving less fucks. And yes, that's my F bomb. Like there's, there's things all day long. It's like, and can I tell you that I actually had a physical, thing happened to my body that made me have to like it actually was like it punished my ability to give so many fucks because it's like I don't feel good most of the time so like when I don't feel good I have limited energy like literally liter like limited energy so like what am I going to put that towards um but people who have unlimited energy all the time it's like oh and I'm gonna worry that I offended this person when I said that. And I'm worried that I said that in the wrong tone. And I'm doing this. Like, it really comes down to giving less fucks. Right. That's, this podcast Sorry. has helped me with that because our first few, I would wake up in the middle of the night and that's when I have my most anxiety is in the middle of the night. And I think it's because I'm not filling myself with a million other things on my plate to do. Um, and We're going to talk about mindfulness in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I'm finally sitting with my shit. Um, and I'll be like, oh my God, did I say something about a, of a family member or a friend who I could have offended? And I'm like going back and listening and like trying to find the, like, and then I realized, you know what, what it, it's already said, it's already out there. I don't give an F now. If I have to like repair situations, I will, if someone actually came to me, if that actually came and happened, but I try to be mindful in what we say on here and anything I do say, I know that my family or friends would know that I would say. Um, but it is definitely that worrying about things that have not happened yet. I do that all the time. I think we all do that all the time. Um, my friend got a text from her boyfriend, like we need to talk later. And she Ooh, was the worst freaking, text in the world. <laughs> she was freaking out all day and it was nothing. He just wanted to see how her day was. He was fucking with her then. You know what? You don't, Anyone out there listening, do not text anyone and say, we need to talk later. <laughs> Unless you're going to tell them exactly what it is so they're not worried about it. Yeah. No. So she was just like, should I text him? Should I ask him? I don't want to make a big deal. I do want to make a big deal. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, so bad. You know, you know, whatever. He just had something on his mind. It was, it was nothing serious. But she built it up in her head. And literally, like, the whole day, she kept on calling me, what do you think it is? I'm like. You need to calm down. Well, I think See, that I'm also the kind of person. I'm also the kind of person who would call and be like, "New, what is it? Just give me that. an idea." But I think 99 of the shit that I worry about never ever happens ever. Yeah, well, that's anxiety. 
<laughs> Thank <That's>... you. <laughs> I'm like, oh. or the things I worry the most about when I'm actually in the situation, it's completely fine. I handled it perfectly. You know, the angry dragon monster that I thought was going to come out when I confronted someone was so simple and easy and I just got through it. And I think the more situations that I get through that are difficult in my professional career, the less anxiety I'm going to feel. The so, more exposure. Yes, exactly. The more exposure and the more trials, the more times you do something. Yeah, Mass um, trials, people. Right. You come into contact with that reinforcement and then, you know, it sends you into also behavior momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, success breeds success. Um, and that's why you could get in front of a room and not have the projector work that happened to me in front of 50 people the other week. And I just held up my computer and just did my thing. Everybody had slides. And because you rolled with the punches, right. But I was also reinforced for six or seven years of doing these workshops, you know, giving these workshops and saying like, okay, sometimes these things happen and that's fine. Um, And then there is also mindfulness and that's really super important. Mindfulness is, living in the present moment versus living in the future. Or hey, didn't you present, didn't you, sorry, I always butt in. Didn't you present about this um, last year at ABAI? So I presented on pairing last year at ABAI. Uh, Toby said you did something with mindfulness. I presented on pairing and trans-based <laughs> <laughs> uh, third-party payers. Um, so definitely I, not. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. No, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I talk about mindfulness a lot. I do. Um, I actually, uh, you know, use an app called Headspace every night and I meditate every night for five to 10 minutes, depending. Uh, the joke always is if you don't have time to meditate, you should meditate for double the amount of time. Um, <laughs> I love that. You know, That's like I, me. I don't even have time to do the breathing app when it tells me to take two breaths on my Apple watch like that. And you should do four breaths. Exactly. I know. <laughs> and you know what? It has been such a life changer. Um, you know, it like think about a fire drill, right? Fire drills, we constantly uh, practice a skill that we need just in case of emergency. When we come into, uh, when we have things that happen to us that cause us anxiety, we should be constantly practicing things when we're not in those situations in order to be able to cope and deal with the anxiety when it comes. Antecedent variable. Exactly. Um, And so... Living in the present moment just really means noticing what's around you, thinking about what's happening right now, enjoying the experiences, or if it's an unpleasant experience, thinking about how unpleasant this is so that for the, in the future, you could change something that you did, your behavior in some way to make it not happen again, um, or experience something pleasant and say, hey, this is really pleasant and nice. What am I going to do to make it happen again? Right. Punishment and reinforcement. So um, there's progressive muscle relaxation that you can do when you're anxious. Um, That has to do with mindfulness where we tense up different parts of the body and then slowly relax them. There's deep breathing. Um, Some people do yoga and it just helps in general, because you need to be very present. So these are like actual behaviors you could engage in. Exactly. These are strategies. I I use um, at night. So I went from, I'd put my headphones in and I would watch uh, like a Netflix show when I was trying to go to bed. Okay. All that did, it was Grey's Anatomy. It caused me anxiety because they'd be rushing to try to save someone's life. And like (laughs) the fucking shit's hanging in the balance. And there's like, you know, crashes and blood. And I'm like, that is not helping me fall asleep. And I had to, recognize that and realize that. So now I use insight timer, which is a meditation app and Spotify has some awesome meditation ones. And I've just had to, I fall asleep so much faster. You guys, it has been proven. I take data on this shit. I went from two hours to falling asleep to the last, let's say one, two, three, four days. I'm falling asleep within five minutes and it's, you know, it's great. Right. And then when you wake up in the middle of the night, Instead of running up and closing your sunroof, sunroof is all, <laughs> all open 
or not. You could just say, now it's nighttime. That's funny brain that you think the sunroof is <laughs> Fred, open. Drop dead, Fred. You're psycho. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to turn the app back on and yep. go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the more you come into contact with going back to sleep, the less you'll actually wake up from your anxiety. So a huge part of, um, you know, dealing with these different anxieties, I think are, you know, the environment that we're in. Um, And so probably to combat it, we could manipulate the MOs in some sense. Um, Andrea, first of all, do you have anxiety? So I'm a Jew living in New York City. I have so much anxiety. We legit pass around Xanax during holiday times. (laughs) Awesome. Um, That is literally my family, except Clonopin. It's like, oh my God, you're going through, oh my God, this family friend's going through a divorce. We better get her Clonopin. You know, I think that's maybe a Jewish thing. I thought it was because my my mom's dad was a, a chemist in South Africa, aka like owned a pharmacy and whatever. Um, and so like meds have always just been a very active part of my family's <laughs> life, learning history, but okay. So maybe it's a Jewish thing. Maybe it it's not. Is. We don't do that at my family. So. You know, <laughs> I, I like half my, all my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. So there's just a lot of anxiety about. For sure. Hashtag survivor. Yeah. Jesus. And you know, we literally, if, if my mom's pantry doesn't have so much, like if it's not, if you don't open it and the food falls out at you. <laughs> Then we are going to starve and we better go shopping. And no food in the house. There's literally two. Is that a CMOR? Y- yeah, basically. Like you're, you're it, it's letting you know, like, oh my God, it's about to get worse. Out. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's Sorry. about to get bad. Listen, zombie apocalypse guys, you come to Are you my guys doomsday house. preppers over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> we sleep with our we do sleep with our passports under our pillow though. Oh, that's so <laughs> sad. No, <I'm> <laughs> oh my god. No, but it's true. A lot of Jews do like yeah. talk about like the importance of always like I know like a lot of Jews are like I always have to have a passport. Like yeah. I I like I mean and that's a real thing. Like you want to make sure it never because people just... do fear. Yeah, people yeah. do fear like the Holocaust happening again, right? Like you see anti-Semitism and these different things. And so these anxieties, a lot of them are built off real learning histories. And granted, maybe Andrea, you haven't come into, con- please God, and you never do come into contact with the Holocaust. But because of what you've heard, like you're learning this from people who are close to you. And it's essentially like rule governed behavior as well. Right. It is. It is rule governed behavior. And it it has to do with the environment. My grandparents raised my parents who developed certain behaviors based on what they learned or what was modeled for them. And then, listen, people also call me Eti. That's my Hebrew name. And why am I Andrea? Because that's a good thing to put on the passport because nobody will know Cutler's a Jewish name. <laughs> that's what I always joke. I'm like, yeah, guys, okay. We're, nice we're try. Fooling, fooling we're everyone. Fooling them, right? Uh, so, what do you guys think about um, the role that negative reinforcement, especially escape and avoidance, plays in anxiety disorders? No shit. You want to get away from that stuff? Like what is negative reinforcement? It is removing being in an aversive. Yeah, you're in an aversive situation to start. You then do engage in a behavior to remove that and that so it's negative. And then reinforcement, meaning you'll do it again. Why the hell do you think people drink, smoke? Uh, so definitely like in another example. Lana Penzanex. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to go to a, um, you know, you, you're going to a new job and you have social anxiety. So you, you know, you go to the place where they're all getting sandwiches and it's like, you're sweating, your you know, your palms are sweaty, your heart's racing, you don't want to go up to them, you're experiencing all these signs of anxiety, um, your heart's racing. And so instead of going to sit with the new people, you walk out, right? You remove yourself from the aversive, unpleasant situation. And that only reinforces that next time you're going to do the same thing. So allowing yourself to come into more contact with the positive reinforcement while suppressing those negative um, reinforcement behaviors, I think is kind of how I've kind of battled this absolutely also yeah to you know you sometimes when our values align with our committed action we're more willing Mm -hmm. to have that uncomfortable feeling and to have that um you know maybe that like 
uh, experience be, and come into contact and not and kind of um, not run away from it. Exactly. Not uh, engage in escape behavior yeah. to run away from it. Um, because our values do align with it. They actually um, did research and attack uh, of people putting their hand in cold water. And sounds that- like hell to me, literally. And they said that people were able to do it for longer periods of time. If they said, if you do it, we're going to, um, you know, give money to a place that, you know, a charity or a non-for-profit that you want or something like that because it they were able to go through a painful or not co- uncomfortable um situation because they had it the was MO. meaningful to them exactly yeah, that's awesome that's great okay so closing off for today um let's each offer a strategy so people could take something from this get off this podcast only when it's over obviously listen to the full thing and make sure you do leave five stars personal throw in for ourselves there but okay so some strategies you can utilize casey you go first i will say i think my top three right now um deep breaths so when i'm feeling that anxiety rise um especially if i'm heading into an uncomfortable situation grounding myself right i focus on what is real I am driving my car, the sun is shining, and I'm taking deep breaths. I am breathing, so I am therefore alive, okay? Also, uh, shutting off all social media um, before bed and listening to my Insight Timer app. And honestly, I've been taking CBD oil, and it has helped me a lot. I know it's not hashtag evidence-based yet, but I take that. Um, I've been off my sleeping meds now for two weeks. I was on them for three years. They were heavy fucking duty pain, uh, not pain pills, sleeping pills. And I Trazodone is not that high. Okay, Casey, this is all relative. (laughs) Well, I'm like, for me, I don't take anything. So that was heavy duty for me. And it made me feel like crap. (laughs) I want want a baby and I don't want to be on that. So I've took myself off that on my own. Well, with doctor's help, but, um, and in replacement behaviors, I have done the meditating at night and CBD oil, and it is helping. So that's my advice. I love that. I also got that one CBD oil, that needed blends one. I love it. It's so good. It's been helping me focus, actually. I really think it is. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It's this. It's called neededblends.com, and... First of all, they have all these different ones, one for pain, one for this. We're not recommending this as any type of practitioner or that it will help or not help or for anyone with any disability. It's just for an adult. <laughs> no, it's just for just our personal things we're doing. Like this is not, we're not endorsing it to treat anyone, but please, so don't go telling on us for that. This is just like what we personally do. I'm just letting you know. Um but okay, so Andrea, what is your recommendation? Strategy dealing with anxiety. It's oh so real. So deep breathing, super duper important, Casey. Totally. Um, that's my number one thing. My number two is um, making a plan. So thinking about what I'm going to do right now in the here and now to help the outcome that I want, right? To get into contact with reinforcement. I want a certain outcome. What am I going to do? to do that. And I just think through those steps. And I do actually just um, try to diffuse from my thoughts and, you know, kind of be like, thanks, brain. Thanks. You know, it's like, thanks, brain. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, you end up laughing, or you end up just like rolling your eyes. It's like, oh, you know, like, you're also Yeah. you thanks brain and then i think about i shift to the actions that i'm actually going to do while deep breathing i find it really really you know helpful do you think also sharing it like so i'll sometimes struggle all day with it and then you know i just happen to reach out to one friend or one person and and be like oh i'm feeling you know and actually admitting it i'm feeling really anxious today maybe it's the moon blah 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 and then like my friend would be like, ah, I'm feeling the same way, like kind of uneasy, feeling really crappy. And then taking committed action together, like with someone else right. who's in that shared adversity that you're in. 
I find is so re reinforcing and re reassuring that it's not just me. I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, I have, I have my shit together, even though I'm like have struggles. Um, and hearing that from someone else who I know is also, you know, a like-minded person as myself helps me a lot. And yeah, Leah, what about you? What do you think? Oh, okay. I have a good one. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> no, I, I think a really important one also is looking at your own verbal behavior. What would that be? Autoclitic, maybe? Or like self-instruction? Yeah, something. Or like or so like even also, a few of them. It could be tacting your thoughts, identifying what yeah, your thoughts it, are. It is tacting thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So a huge part of it is this. So you tacked your thought. Like, okay, Leah, I'm having the thought that. Um, I'm going to fail this test, right? Now, then, so you've tacked that. You've identified like that it's a thought, right? You're having a thought. That's I think that's very important. Then I also think going through that and looking at your past contingencies. So for me, I'd be like, I'm, oh my God, I'm going to fail this test, right? Or like, I'm not going to get this assignment done. Like, Leah, look at your past history. Have you ever not got an assignment done? Amen. No, you always get it in, in the end. So like chill the fuck out, right? That's exactly what it is. So I think your verbal behavior with yourself is very important, like highly important and, and replacing things like I'm so stressed with like, oh my God, I have so many important projects to do. Like I'm never going to get them done. These replacements make a huge difference. I mean, and it would just be essentially like a, could it be a DRA? Like replacing, replacement behavior, just yeah, replacing behavior. Equivalent. I mean, it's not yeah. really functionally equivalent. One is like to me one, the function of one like is stressor. Yeah, and what the function is, but like an appropriate alternative. Yeah, it is, um, because a lot of times when we when we do talk to ourselves, we are kind of um, distancing ourselves from the problem. And it's more solution oriented. So that's like helping diffusion. us. Yeah. That's helping us live in, in the place where we want to. Um, yeah. I love how you said, um, sorry, this just, I, no, this I, just makes me so happy. You said, have you ever not done that? Like, that is my biggest thing. I'll be like stressing all weekend about writing a behavior plan or something or not getting it in on time in my history. Have I ever not done something on time? Have I ever done something, you know, poorly? Have I ever missed an assignment? No, never. Why do I stress about things that have never actually happened to me? That's literally what I do to myself. I tacked it. I'm like, okay, so I'm having this thought. But like, Liat, like, fine. If you don't want to believe your own thoughts, just look at the actual data of your past history. Have you ever failed a course? No. No. You know, have you ever not got something out on time? No. When the one time when you got something in late because you were sick and in the hospital, where did you lose your job? No. No. Like, look at your past history (laughs) of it. I think that's really important. Replace your language. Andrea, did you think what you were going to say? I just want to say this, like, in a clear way. Um, When we replace the negative thoughts with the positive, more, I would say, like, building thoughts instead of destructive thoughts, um, that definitely goes into it kind of takes um, the psychological flexibility and it morphs all the different components, living in the present moment, acceptance, value, committed action, diffusion, self as context. It kind of merges all of that together into a a more positive light. Like that's really what you're doing. You're kind of taking everything um, that we just discussed and able to put that into practice to move forward and to do what, you know, what you want to do and reach your goals. And you bring in psychological, amazing. You bring in psychological flexibility brings us full circle back to where we started on the episode. And another thing that we, uh, when we're talking about the, it also brings it completely full circle because as I was talking about cognition builders, when we started the episode, Cognition builders, really big thing that they work on with their clients and their families is a lot of language replacement. So again, thank you, Cognition Builders, so much for sponsoring this episode. Again, we love you. Thank you. We really appreciate the support. (laughs) Uh huh. And we appreciate what you do. So again, you could find cognitionbuilders.com over there, or you could send Alana an email at ilana at cognitionbuilders.com. Andrea, thank you so much for coming. You are a real gem to thank be with you for today. Having you know that? Me. 
You you have a big brain on you over there. <laughs> yeah, you're great. Thanks, I like your energy too. It's very calming and um, informative and every all those. What things. mine's not? No, Just not, at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, guys. As always, love you. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat here, and I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm going to tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcast. Thank God we got in touch with the team at Pretty Easy Podcast. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast, and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio editing and production and our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, He caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week. So far, we're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices, and we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. Hey, 